And so for me, I approach money from a much more like frugal, practical, like lens, because I I feel like anything could happen and you want to be prepared. Right. Whereas she approached money from more of a limitless lens because she never knew what it was to not have it. Right. And the beauty of that is I think a healthy balance of of both of them is, is very vital. So the way I like to think about it is you want to save like a pessimist, but invest like an optimist. All right. I'm going to say that one more time. You want to save like a pessimist, but you want to invest like an optimist. Welcome to the Uncensored Show with your host, George Atchampal, where we share the mindset, tips, tools, strategies, and stories on how to use your money to do more of what you love and what you were called to do. Money is like gas on a road trip. Sure, you need it to get where you're going, but you're not going on a tour of gas stations. Money fuels your journey. The question is, what's yours? Live life uncensored. Yeah. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Uncensored Podcast. Man, it has been a phenomenal, phenomenal week. Hopefully, if you're checking this out live, it's Friday. You're enjoying yourself. Maybe make yourself a little cocktail heading into the weekend. Um, But thank you guys for tapping in with me and listening to this episode. So this week, we are going to be talking about for the love of money, um, relationships and money, man, like how to approach it, you know, um, because you know, at the end of the day, sometimes when you're by yourself and you're not in a relationship, you can kind of be in a silo, right, with your money and, you know, not really let people in or really know what's going on. But when you're in a relationship, for the most part, that's not really an option, right? And so maybe, you know, you're in a relationship right now and you're trying to identify how to approach the money conversation or you're, you know, about to get married, just got married. However you slice it, uh, this will be a good episode for you. Before we dive in, though, uh, I want to shout out one of our reviews. This one is actually a frat brother of mine. Big shout out to D. Dan, Daryl Daniels. Uh, He gave us a five star review. Every time I listen to GA's podcast, I'm taking notes or sending texts on nuggets that directly impact my life or the lives of my friends and family. In this era where there is so much information, it's nice to have a source that combines credentials with common sense to create consumable content. You got to pay me for that alliteration. (laughs) Nah, that's a phenomenal review. And even though I actually know who he is, I'm actually going to be on his podcast, uh, I think not this next week, I believe. Uh, We just chatted it up uh, earlier this week. He has a phenomenal podcast, by the way. Definitely check his podcast out. I'll link it in the show notes. Uh, And I'm very, very excited to be a guest on his show. But guys, uh, I have done this for, what, almost two years now. And, you know, for me, the podcast never was a way for me to, like, get to the bag, right? It was a way for me to provide value at scale um, because I get a lot of people that ask me questions. And, you know, for me at minimum, it was like the podcast can be like an FAQ library, right? It's like if someone says, hey, George, what do you think about this? And to be honest with you guys, a lot of times I come on here 
And I just kind of share what's on my heart. It's not always really structured. Like, you know, truth be told, like this podcast right now, I went for a walk. It's Thursday evening. It was going to be Wednesday evening. I went for a walk and I pulled out the notes on my phone and I was like, hmm, let's come up with something. And the podcast goes live on Friday and it's Wednesday of that week. So it's not always that structured, right? Obviously, when I have a guest, it's a little simpler because, you know, I'm really just diving into them and their story. But for me, sometimes I'm just really shooting from the hip. However, when I get to episode 100, because that's a milestone, right? Episode 100. My intention is to really go a little bit deeper on some core money subjects. And I said that before, right? Maybe third time's the charm. So I know if you're an OG listener, you know that this podcast started out as the Legacy and Lifestyle Show. And I could have ran the play on that name, you know, for the foreseeable future because a name is just a name, right? But I intentionally changed the name of my podcast to the Uncensored Show so that I could start talking about money like directly a little bit more. But just for whatever reason, it always ends up coming up more organically or on the back end. And it's not like super money focused, but I want to give that a pretty good trial run. So I think at the end of the day, people are coming for money game for the most part, maybe a little business game. Um, And so I want to make sure that I'm giving you guys the value that you need. So in these last, I think, 10 episodes in advance of that, guys, if there's some stuff you want me to dive into, you want me to dissect stocks, options, real estate, whatever it is, let me know what you want to hear on the show, because at episode 100, we're really going to like switch it up a little bit. At least I hope so. Cross my fingers. That's the plan. And um, I want to know what you guys want to hear. But anyways, guys, let's get into it. So As I mentioned on today's episode, we are going to be talking about relationships and money, right? And so this is going to be a very practical checklist on how you can approach that particular subject. All right. So when you're in a relationship and it's time to approach the money conversation, it might be awkward, right? You don't know where to start, how to start. You don't want to come off as insensitive. You don't want to come off as overbearing. And so you don't necessarily know like what that looks like, right? For some people, some people it's easy. So just a natural progression and maybe the person is super open, doesn't care. Maybe both of you guys are coming to the table with a great money scenario. But more often than not, what you'll see in situations is one person is probably just a little more astute than the other. And as a result of that, um, you know, there might be a little bit of anxiety or reservation for the other person to want to share where they are, right? So I want to talk about Just a few ways that you can approach money in a relationship. All right. So and I would like to think that they're relatively in order. The first thing you can do is talk about your current relationship with money. All right. Talk about your current relationship with money. What do I mean by that? Right. So, you know, this is your opportunity to basically have a litmus test. Right. Just tee up the conversation by Hey, um, let's talk about what we have going on, right? Do you have a 401k? Yay or nay. Do you have an IRA? Yay or nay. Do you have a Roth IRA? Yay or nay. Do you have a savings account? Yay or nay. Like just really just kind of go through that because that when y'all go through that dialogue, even before you get super like deep into the specifics, it's going to give you kind of some insight to how far along they are on their money game, right? Because if one person just has a check-in in the savings, like my man Kevin Hart always says, just has a check-in in the savings, and then one person's like, yeah, I got a brokerage account, I have a a will, I have a truck, like, then it's gonna be like, ooh, okay, so you are like on 10 on the money spectrum, and I'm, I'm like on one and a half, right? So that gives you a little bit of a gauge of where the person is, right? And it's not designed to be intimidating or to be like a measuring stick of how well 
one person is doing over the other is just really to get a gauge on where each other is, right? So talk about your current relationship with money to get a gauge on exactly where you are right now. Then what I want you to do is I want you to talk about your experience with money, right? Talk about your experience with money. Now here, what I'm really after, I'm after like, when you think about money, like how did you grow up learning about it, right? Were your parents good with money? Did they share things uh, with you about money? Do you have like a scarcity mindset with money? Like what is the lens that you're looking through when it comes to money? Because that is going to be an indicator of how you use and manage your money, right? If you come from a, like I'll use my, my situation for example. So I come from a background where money was not abundant. My wife comes from a background where money was a little more abundant, a lot more abundant actually. And so for me, I approach money from a much more like frugal, practical like lens because I, I feel like anything could happen and you want to be prepared, right? Whereas she approached money from more of a limitless lens because she never knew what it was to not have it, right? And the beauty of that is I think a healthy balance of, of both of them is, is very vital, right? So the way I like to think about it is you want to save like a pessimist, but invest like an optimist. All right, I'm going to say that one more time. You want to save like a pessimist, but you want to invest like an optimist, right? And so for us, that ended up being pretty good because she met me early on in my career and, you know, I was super frugal because I was trying to build a business and anybody knows what it's like building a business, you know, in your early 20s that that like I didn't have any money. Right. So I couldn't whine and dine and ball out. Right. So I was very, very frugal. And, you know, while that was necessary and I think she learned some valuable lessons from the way that I approach money, I also learned some valuable lessons about how she approached money in terms of abundance and giving. And when you give, um, it will return to you. Right. And so it's it's not always about like one person being so right and one person being so wrong and you just leaning into their philosophy. There'll be certain things that you'll learn about both people's kind of experience with money that can reframe and reshape the joint experience that you guys want to have together going forward. Then I want you to dream. I want you to talk about what are your biggest money goals, right? Because at first it's like, ooh, you know, let's talk about what I got going on. You know, that's the litmus test. Then it's like your experience. So you're having to go back in the past a little bit. There's a little bit of trauma maybe. But now you get a chance to talk about what you want your money situation to look like, right? And so what are your biggest money goals? Do you want to buy a really nice house? Do you want to buy a really nice car? Do you want to retire at 40? Do you want to live a life where you can travel all over the world all the time in a non-COVID environment? What are, what are they, right? And, and that's, a great, that's a great way to understand why people, again, think about and use and manage money the way they do because they have shared with you what they want their money to do for them, right? And what they can also do is be used as a measuring stick to determine if you're actually living a life that is in, a, in alignment with what you said you wanted to achieve. Because if you say you wanted to achieve X, Y, and Z, but here you are being all like willy-nilly with the money, 
then maybe you're not being a totally good steward or honest about what you really want. Right. So this is a great way to say, well, I know you said that you want to do this. Right. But do it in a healthy way by using their words. Right. It's like this becomes the new measuring stick and the new and the new baseline for how you should be handling your money. Because I had this philosophy and it's called the A3 method. Articulate, align, accomplish. If y'all couldn't tell, I love iteration. I have like those for days, by the way. I have a new one, Clarity Confidence Control, but y'all y'all will see that on the website rebrand. Anywho, so articulate, align, accomplish, right? You have to articulate exactly what it is that you want, right? You got to articulate exactly what you want because if you can't articulate it, then that means you can't cast the vision, which means you can't even clearly know where you're going. So you got to be able to articulate. Once you can clearly articulate exactly what you want, what you want your money to do, where you want to go, all that good stuff, then you can align, right? You can align your financial resources, your energy, your behaviors, your actions, align everything in accordance with what you articulated, right? Because if not, you're just walking hypocrite. Right. Like, for example, um, I can't remember what episode number it was, but back in August, I think it was like August 14th, I did, did a podcast talking about my goals and how I'm going to close out the year. And I was really harping in on the fitness goal. Right. At the time, I was 210 pounds. Right. Now I'm 191. So almost 20 pounds gone since August and we're in October. So I articulated it. I, I stated it. I said what I was going to do. I put it out in the universe. I put it out on this podcast and I'm doing it. And I still got time. I, I said by this, when the clock strikes 12, December 31st, and I made some tremendous progress and I put in a tremendous amount of work. I aligned my everything to starting to hit those goals. Right. And so that is very important when it comes to your money. So what are your biggest money goals? Right. And use that Again, as a almost like as a buffer from the more intrusive topics that you guys just talked about and will talk about and also use it as a new barometer and measuring stick for where you both want to go. Right. So when a spouse brings up a certain thing, you guys have a North Star to determine if that thing aligns with what you guys both said you wanted. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another segment of Fix Your Finances Friday, where each and every Friday we help you fix at least one thing as it pertains to your finances. All right. So on this particular Friday, I want you guys to begin to gather your tax planning documents. We're in the last quarter of the year. Right. Did you give something away to charity? Right. Like I just want you to gather like all of the documents that you can that will bode well for tax planning season. All right. If you are a working professional, this should be fairly straightforward. If you are a business owner, there's a ton of other things that you can do. So make sure you get together with a CPA or reach out to our firm if you want to make sure that you don't have an unnecessary tax burden when it comes to your taxes next year. All right. So get that stuff together early so you're not playing uh, the scramble game when it's time to file your taxes next year. Next thing I want you guys to do is to talk about 
your biggest money fears, right? Most people have a healthy, maybe unhealthy, just depending upon who you are, relationship with money, right? Maybe their biggest fear is that they lose their job and they'll go broke and be living on the street. Maybe their biggest fear is that the stock market is going to crash and it's going to take away all their investments and that's why they don't invest, right? I don't know. But I'm sure that a lot of people have money fears. Maybe somebody's money fear is that they'll never figure money out for real and have to work forever. Or their money fear is that they'll never make enough money to save enough money to be able to not work, whatever the case may be. Talk about your biggest money fears. It's important to talk about those big fears because hopefully you guys can create a plan to dispel that myth and overcome that fear, right? Because nine times out of 10, it's a myth. Right. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but you have evidence and you have emotion. Right. You have evidence, and you have emotion. Is that fear rooted in emotion? Or is it rooted in some evidence that this is a likely probability from you? Right. For most people, it's rooted in emotion and not actual evidence that this is something that they should be even concerned about. Right. So I want to encourage you guys to Make sure that you put those fears out there, know what they are, create awareness, but dispel those myths, right? Dispel those myths like it's not something you need to be fearful about. All right. The next thing is, and I probably should have actually put this at the top of the list, but don't judge. All right. Do not judge. Someone has shared their fears with you. They've shared exactly where they're at currently financially. The last thing I want or anybody wants is to be judged after being vulnerable. So maybe that needs to go at the top of the list, right? Before you hear anything, do not judge, okay? The goal of this exercise is to get on the same page, to get some clarity, to get some understanding, and to feel confident about where you guys both are and where you can go from here together. But that will never happen if you come from a judgmental tone, right? Even if someone has a ton of debt or very little to no savings or they're living check to check or whatever the case may be, it's not your place to judge. It is your place to, you know, clarify, you know, your intentions and how the things they are doing or aren't doing do or don't align with your long-term plan. Cause we do have to be realistic and practical about this, right? Like, believe it or not, funny story. And my wife can tell you this. I think it's like episode two or three, as a matter of fact, on the podcast, go back and listen to it. She's my first unofficial guest. I surprised her with a trip to Jamaica on the podcast. But yeah, so we talked about like when her and I first met, like, I mean, we had maybe been dating like a month and we were talking about finances, but the caveat is I'm a financial advisor, right? So I kind of positioned it like, Hey, you know, um, this is what I do for a living. Would love to do a complimentary consultation for you. All I would need is this information. And she kindly obliged. So I got a, a glimpse in the window into all of her money within like maybe two months of dating, maybe two months of dating. But to be honest, like we knew pretty, pretty or at least I knew pretty early on, we both did, that this was going to be something, right? And so we were very open with each other. And so she had no issues issue showing me her stuff. But again, I do think to my defense, largely because I was a financial advisor and she was approaching it like, okay, this is a business meeting. And I was very professional. I didn't like cut any corners. I had my suit on and my whiteboard and all that good stuff. Right. Anywho, I say all that to say, um, we had the money conversation very early on and I saw that she was spending an exorbitant amount of money 
on food. Like my wife is like probably the most generous person known to mankind. So like when I first met her, she was hosting these like dinner parties and kickbacks and she's a manager at Target. So she's buying food for all her employees. And this had been something she had been doing for a very long time, right? Since college, right? And her mom even had to tell like, whoa, 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 you got to reel this in, right? And so I didn't judge her. I just brought it to her attention and I said, hey, this it might make sense for for you to maybe, you know, find more creative ways to, you know, spend your money, so to speak. Uh, so, for example, like with her kickbacks, I was like, hey, maybe just have your friends. I don't think Cash App was a thing then, but one of the one of them was like Venmo, PayPal, something. I was just like, hey, like have have your everybody just send you five bucks. Right. You, you figure you got 10 people coming over, you get some snacks or 10 bucks or whatever it was. That's a lot better than you spending 200 yourself on ordering food and drinks for everybody. Right. Which was probably more than that. So gave her suggestions like that. And, um, you know, gave her suggestions on, you know, cooking more instead of like dining out. Um, and so, you know, I didn't judge her. It, when I saw the numbers, I was pretty shocked, but I didn't judge her. I was like, man, you're, I, I wanted to think to myself, I can't believe this woman is spending more money on food than she's spending on rent. Right. Um, but I was tactful about it, gave her some suggestions. She made some adjustments and um, we go, she went from there. Right. And, you know, however many years later, I think that was like 2012. We got married in 2015. Right. We were able to make it work. So I do encourage people to have the, the money talk early, whether you're a financial advisor or not. Have the money talk early or a shameless plug. Hire me or somebody from my firm and say, hey, you know, we're, we're in a relationship now. We should talk to a financial advisor. <laughs> and that way I can um, I can talk about the money, but you get a chance to be a fly on the wall. Right. But have the money talk early and don't judge. Now, if you're in that situation and someone and the wheels have really fallen off and this person is just so far from what you would have ever expected financially and they're not willing to change, then, yeah, you have a decision to make. But if they're like, yeah, you know, this is just where I'm at. Graduated with all this student loan debt, trying to dig myself out, trying to, you know, get, get my head on my shoulders, whatever. Right. Then, you know, maybe you can work with them if they seem coachable. But if they aren't willing to change, then you also have to be mindful of the fact that, you know, who you are. Matter of fact, it's the old proverb. The sun shines brightest early in the morning. Right. So like if it ain't bright now, it ain't going to get brighter, buddy. <laughs> All right, bro, sis, you know, however you want to slice it and dice it. It ain't going to get brighter. And it's not me being a pessimist. It's just like if someone is showing you who they are and they're not exhibiting the propensity to change then you got to you got to be honest with yourself and make some make some tough decisions. Now more than ever, people want to align their money with their values and beliefs. And that's exactly why we launched Socially Responsible Investing through our firm CapitalWise. So if you've been interested in investing but want to make sure that every dollar is invested in companies that are doing the right things and are truly socially responsible, then click the link in our bio to learn more about our socially responsible investing portfolio and see how you can get started today. All right, let's move on to the next thing. Come up with shared money goals or a shared money game plan, right? So this is important because you know, you talked about, 
your current status with money. You talked about your past experience with money. You talked about your individual goals. You've talked about your fears. Now it's time, if you guys have the intention, depending upon you know, the nature of the relationship, if you have the intention of like taking that next step, right? Or you've already taken that next step and you're just trying to get clear on money. Now it's time to create joint money goals. And this seems simple, but I think this is a big one that a lot of people overlook, right? A lot of people have these visions in their head about what they think life looks like and they just, you know, kind of assume that other people are going to fit just neatly into that, right? But it's important to really get clear on joint money goals. Like it doesn't mean that it, your individual goal goes away. It's like, how do we take what we want individually and how do we still make sure we have joint collaborative goals, right? Because what you don't want is to seem like you're marching towards something and they're marching towards something, but you're not marching towards anything together. And subsequently, there could be a situation where because there's not clarity in unison on what you're marching towards, that you could actually be detracting each other from the goals you're trying to achieve. Right. So get clear on some joint money goals so that you guys know exactly what you're working towards together. Right. I think this is actually something me and my wife missed the mark on actually early on in our in our relationship. Reason being is because she's a really ambitious person. I'm a really ambitious person. And then you just think that, okay, two ambitious people just go out and be ambitious. Right. And it all work itself out. But in reality, you always still have to factor in. What is the goal collectively? And it's funny, thinking back, our Joel, the guy who married us, um, shout out Pastor Joel, he um, actually asked us, like, what are we going to do together? Right? Like, we got these great things that we're doing separately, but what are we going to do together? And I think that's a question that her and I, you know, continue to ask ourselves, right? Like, how do we make what we do a little more intertwined versus us just both being... Mr. and Mrs. Power Couple, right? And so that's something that, you know, hindsight, if I can give anybody advice, again, I've only been married for half a decade, which is just only five years, but it sounds so much longer when you say half a decade, right? That's If that's any advice or any consolation I can give someone is like, make sure you identify what you guys are going to do together, right? Q, what's my guy's name? Um, Neo. I'm a movement by myself, um, but I'm a force when we're together. That's terrible. I can actually sing a little better than that. But yeah, get clear on joint money goals or having a shared money game plan. All right. The next thing I want you to do is I want you to start small, right? Start small. Like don't, after having this conversation, it's a great, you know, intense, high level overview. And you really got a chance to know like about the other person's money journey, where they are, what they want, et cetera. But the easiest way for this conversation to be null and void is to try to do everything overnight, right? Start small. Me and my wife took an entire first year of marriage before we combined our finances fully, right? We had like a joint bill account, right? Where, you know, we kind of both contributed money for the household for the bills. And then we had, that was it. And then we both had our separate accounts. Right. Um, It was it was actually harder to keep our money separate. Reason being is because what we did is we shared the bill account. But then like we still were like trying to both contribute for groceries or something. It was something weird where it's like she. Oh, yeah. okay, I know what it was. 
I was responsible for like investing and saving and she was responsible for like groceries or something in terms of like the financial commitment. And the challenge was, it was like she was out of town or something or I didn't have access to her account. And it was like, I want to buy groceries, but technically you're supposed to be taking care of groceries. It was just too much, honestly. It was actually harder to navigate like half joint, half not situation, right? Maybe if I was like all separate, it would have been different, but the way we set it up, it just wasn't, and nearly as fluid as if I would uh, as I would have liked. But anyways, that gave us a great opportunity, a great runway to just get, get to know each other. Right. And ease into it versus just like going all in and then being overwhelmed and not knowing what hit us. Right. So start small. So after you have the money conversation. Right. Just pick one thing that you guys are going to start doing together. Right. That one thing might be, hey, let's have a, a, a 20, 30 minute conversation last day of the month to see what happened and then also prepare for the next month. Just start small, all right? And the last thing I want you to do is I want you to revisit this plan often. Revisit the plan often, right? Life changes, you change, your goals, your desires, your aspirations, the world. Somebody cues global pandemic, things change, right? And you wanna make sure that you constantly have a opportunity to recalibrate, and just make sure that you guys are still headed in the a direction that makes sense, right? You could have started out, you know, your money journey together with um, maybe working certain careers and thinking that you're going to crush it and climb the ladder and your income's going to like triple over the course of 20 years. And then you get into three years of that career and you're like, ooh, I don't want to do this much longer, right? So things change, right? And it's okay that things change. It's okay that the plan becomes fluid. You just have to revisit the plan. All right, so let's recap the eight things you can do when joining your finances or approaching money with your significant other, right? Number one, talk about your current relationship with money. Number two, talk about your past experiences with money. Number three, talk about your big money goals Number four, talk about your biggest money fears. Number five, do not judge. Number six, come up with a shared money game plan. Start small and revisit often. All right, I hope this was helpful. So even if you're single and it's like, hey, I'm gonna be in a relationship one day, I'm getting prepared for my future boo and how we gonna talk about money, right? Or if you're dating, right, and you're ready to you know, start to have that conversation, or if you're about to get married or newly married or already married and just trying to figure out how you're going to have the dialogue, this podcast hopefully provides some good insight to you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this particular episode. Guys, um, greatly appreciate it. Again, we have listeners all over the world. I actually got a chance to look at it today because when you do something like this for free, right? Because for me, again, I've gotten a chance to monetize and maybe at some point I will, um, but it never was about that for me. It was a way for me to share things that I think will be valuable, share that value at scale. And um, I hope that you guys enjoy it. And if you do, the easiest way to, to drop me a little thank you is to just one of two things. Share this episode or any episode with a friend uh, give this a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and keep listening to the show. 
All right, guys, thanks so much. And I will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to an episode of the Uncensored Show. Take at least one thing you heard today and apply it to your life immediately so that you can become one step closer to living a more meaningful and fulfilling life and aligning your resources to what matters most to you. Remember, money is just a resource to fuel your journey. The question is, what's yours?